the human known as the Sergio and the human known as the Jeff have been replaced and will no longer be doing the thing known as the podcasting from this place. In its place will be replaced with what is known as the Cranecast, the podcast in which you are listening. The department known as the marketing told Crane this is being good PR for Crane. Play the music that is pleasing to the holes known as the ears and start the crane cast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Shellheads podcast. We are your hosts. Sergio and Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Sergio. How's it been? Uh, not bad. Got a nice, uh, warm coat on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we live in, we live in the, the, the southeast portion of the United States, and it's just now getting cold. Yeah, I didn't have time to make a hot beverage. Uh, no cocoa tonight. That's fine, it's fine. We're here to talk about Ninja Turtles. Surprise! And we're we're in the the penultimate episode of the first fifty episodes of Shellheads. God, I can't believe we're almost up to fifty. Yeah, yeah. Under in under two years, we've been incredibly efficient. Yeah. Uh, did you know that seventy five percent of podcasts don't make it to fifty episodes? Really? I heard that was I I heard that stat. I don't know how much fact is behind it. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it because I'm proud. So. Yeah. Don't quit on me now. We have one more. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm okay, good. well, we have one, more than one more. We're, we're, we, this is going to go on indefinitely until we're out of turtle stuff to talk about. I'm really hoping until, like, you know, we're probably in our 80s. Hey, that's fine. The, the quality of, you know, voices have gone down. Well, Sergio, uh, where are we? Uh, you know, just call you something weird instead of, you know, your <laughs> actual name. By the time we're 80, that they'll actually be a robot that speaks like Krang that we can just speak through. So I, I really hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. Well, we're going to talk about the Krang, uh, a little <laughs> bit later, but first, as always, uh, let's hit up some Ninja Turtles news. And I really need to, I need to find like a, like an audio bumper to put there. Yeah. Like a do 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 No, that's ESPN. Wait. Oh yeah. You, uh, that's copyrighted. Oh, you just got sued. No, no, that's fine. It's fine. Entertainment <laughs> uh, tonight. Da, da, da. Oh no. <laughs> hey Jeff, what news do we have this week? It's it's a little bare bones. Uh, a little bare bones this week, sadly. Um, there has been a delay on the next issue uh, of the Last Ronin. That's right. We may never get the last Last Ronin. We will, because it just not this year. Not yeah. Not, well, well, it's a five issue series that is apparently taking three months per issue, uh, because wh- while issue two was supposed to come out in October, it got delayed till to d- until December when they changed artists. Well, on top of that delay, it's been delayed again to late January uh, of 2021. Uh, IDW hasn't really given us hard facts on why. They're just basically saying production is taking longer than expected. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know if it's just them really trying to hit a home run, knowing how popular that first issue was. I I don't know. That that's that's a that's a real 
optimistic assumption to make. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a bummer that it's going to be three months, or it's going to be what is it now? It's November seventeenth, so we're still over two months away yeah. from issue two coming out. And I really dug the artist on the first issue. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the same. That's the artist that's going to be on all of them. Oh, okay. Oh, good, 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 good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What 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 happened is is they produced like half of, if not all of, the first issue, and then the original artist had to drop out or was fired. They're also being very cagey as to why that happened. And so the new artist redid all of the art in the first book, hence the first delay. Right. Uh, now, who who knows? Like this book may come out quarterly now. So Oof. it'll take a year and three months. I hope not. Uh, That's, yeah, I hope, uh, yeah, yeah. Is that would that would that be would that be on par with some old school Mirage uh, release? <laughs> you might be onto something. They're just really capitalizing on this whole old Mirage uh, aesthetic that they're that they're working with. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, I have a little bit of news, kind of personal news. Uh huh. Uh, that's a little tied to turtles. So the last time we talked about two weeks ago, um, we talked about how the Ninja Turtles movie was coming back to theaters. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we said, if you, if you, if you stream this immediately, right after you download, you might still be able to catch the movie, blah, 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 blah. Well, I took my daughter to see the first movie. And how quickly did she fall asleep? She seemed really into it. Really? Yeah, yeah, like she 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 was actively trying to fall asleep and did not, which was exciting. Hmm. However, halfway through the movie, I get a text message from my pregnant wife that says, "Hey, 911, we need to go to the hospital now." Oh. Yeah, so her water broke while we were watching Ninja Turtles. Wow. Yeah, so I had to uh, walk out of the movie theater. And go uh, take her to the hospital. And, of course, we have a little baby boy now, which is awesome. Yeah. Congrats. But but now his birth is weirdly tied to the original Ninja Turtle movie, which I did not anticipate. Yeah. But I'm okay with. I would say good, bad timing. (laughs) It's just like, hey, babe, can you hold on about 30 more minutes? That's all we got left. Yeah, yeah. The second time around, just burned down. Like, yeah. There's still like there's a whole Northampton thing that that Maddie hasn't seen yet. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's fine though. It's fine. It's fine. We kid. Yes, uh, it's not like I don't have four other copies of the movie. So. Right. Well, Laserdisc, VHS, Betamax. Uh, Let's see. Laserdisc, VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, Blu-ray in the box set, and Voodoo. So that's six. Yeah. yeah. Six different copies of that movie. And if we ever get like a proper collector's edition, I'm sure you'll buy, you'll get that too. Of course, yeah. And of course, I have all, both comic adaptations. Yeah. And the reprints of those. Okay, let's just keep moving on. Just, <laughs> just, just move on. That's it for news, I guess. Yeah. Let's kick it to our main topic. Jeff, what are we talking about this week? We are talking about season two of uh, TMNT 2K12, which is what I dub it. I don't know if anyone else does. Uh, I, but that would be... I, I call it the Nickelodeon show. Eh, the Nick show. Semantics. The first Nick series. Yes. 
Okay, so uh, the first half of season two, which we, we kind of went a little longer than first half. We were, we're doing ish, uh, episodes one through 14 because otherwise there would have been a huge cliffhanger at the end of 13. And who knows when we're going to watch all these again and then we have to remember what happened. Yeah. And we don't have to worry about sweeps week. So <laughs> screw it. You know, we went ahead and just watched the 14th episode. Yeah. Uh, before we get started breaking down these episodes, what'd you think? What what are you what are your like high level thoughts? Oh man, like it's like you know the show just keeps getting better and better. You know, um, overall, I just I was sitting here I was laughing so hard at so much stuff, <laughs> especially the crying. Which yes, yes, wasn't in a whole lot of episodes. Right, right. And and I think the pacing of this season is fantastic. Yes. Like yes. way better than a lot of the pacing in 2K3. Like in 2K3, yeah. they were real anxious to get back to the shredder, to get back to, you know, the, the overarching story. And this one, they just kind of let shredder literally disappear for 13 episodes. Yeah. Which I'm cool with. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of new characters, a lot of new, like, mutagen situations, which mm-hmm. I, I guess <laughs> that's the name of the first episode. Um, we finally get to meet Casey Jones, which we will talk about when we get to that episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's a fun half of a season. I, I don't know if it's the, their best work, mm-hmm. um, but it is entertaining. Uh, with that said, this being an episodic children's television show that airs every week it's very easy to start seeing the uh the formula yeah which kind of it doesn't ruin anything but it but it does kind of lend itself to not being able to be taken as seriously as you'd like when you start and and we'll talk about this later as as we get to episodes that are that are very guilty of that mm-hmm. uh but let's let's just let's jump let's jump right in all right uh, the first episode we're going to talk about is the first episode of the season, and that is the mutation situation. Uh, the turtles have become complacent, uh, and that's, of course, because they've defeated both the Krang and the Shredder last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, April's dad is being super cautious uh, because of the Krang. Uh, we learn that, Krang, that the Krang and Shredder are working together. Uh, the turtles are tracking a shipment of mutagen via an invi- was it an invisible like helicopter yeah. or plane thing? Uh, it was their invisible spaceship. Spaceship, that's it. Uh, so the turtles take a T rocket uh, to 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 intercept it. Uh, 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 amid the struggle, they end up accidentally dropping dozens of canisters of mutagen across New York City. Yeah. Thus the onus for the second season's entire story arc. I, I, I guess I just didn't realize that when I, when I first watched it, but season two is very much about mutagen. Yeah. Yeah. Got to collect them all. Yeah. Uh, the mutagen in this episode, uh, one canister falls and mutates April's dad into a mutant bat, which Mikey calls wingnut very quickly. Yes. Which is, a, that's a really good, Really good callback. Yeah. 
one of my favorite action figures. I love Wingnut. Yeah. Or Wingnut and Screw Loose because, you know, they're they're kind of, you know, together. Right. Uh, Mikey is used as a uh, as bait. Was it was he bait in this episode? Uh, it was Terflytal <laughs> in this episode. Terflytal. Yes. Which is such a terrible name. Oh, Buzz Buzz. It's such a terrible name. So great. Uh, let's see. We find out at the very end of the episode that the mutagen that was dropped out of the sky was meant for the Shredder. Like, he had basically ordered a batch of mutagen so he could make mutants to fight his enemies. Uh, and, and that's pretty much what happened. Like, it's, it's, it, it, it does a really good job of setting up the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, 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 what do you got on the mutation situation? Uh, well, we've got some, we've got some fun nuggets. Uh, the tracker that Donatello, (laughs) yeah, it shows you nuggets. Uh, the tracker that Donatello uses to track the mutagen canisters is made from an old Game Boy. I noticed that. Yes. And when he turns it on, it has the exact same, uh, system sound when you turn it on, uh, which is pretty fantastic. When, when the turtles infiltrate, uh, the the Krang spaceship. We get our first look at the bio droid. Oh, is that is that the droid that 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 that, uh, that has the butt cannons? Yeah, the giant <laughs> freaking blue Sasquatch. <laughs> like, I don't know what drugs they were on when they thought of that. Man, but I want some of them because I'm why thinking... why why like what tactical advantage does your character have? Having oh. butt cannons. Actually, I think I have an answer for this. Um, there's an anime uh, <laughs> called uh, Tetsuwa Adam or Astro Boy. Mm-hmm. And I believe he had cannons that also came out of his butt. Okay, that that, that doesn't answer my question. That's probably <laughs> a callback. All that does is, is point out where the influence was. Yeah. But what tactical advantage? Like, I don't think there is one. I don't know, but it's it's hilarious. But. <laughs> but yeah, especially when it starts to power up and you can hear like a high pitched fart. <laughs> and it as it's shooting, there's fart. They have fart lasers. <laughs> it's just just a really surprising amount of uh, like potty humor there. My whole body hurt. I was laughing so freaking hard. But yeah, but butt cannons that butt cannons are fun. Yeah. And the weird like nipple chainsaw tentacle things. <laughs> I was like, what? What? Yeah, and like the sad part is I don't think any of those things got action figures. Oh, it's so sad. Like I don't think you can buy the butt cannon robot. I, I don't I don't think so. I'll have to research and find out because like what was so cool about it is the, the Krang being in their their floating housing would go and like lock into the head. Yeah. And that was just that was really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, 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 the ingenious like character design of the Krang is like untouched, man. They're It's just great. Yeah. Okay. Well, any other nuggets? Um, no, I think that's about it. Okay. 
Let's move on to episode two or three, depending on what numbering convention you're you're working with here. Uh, let's talk about Invasion of the Scorlinoids. Uh, this Ooh. is technically production code number 203, but it aired before 202. So we're just going to say that it's number two. Story-wise, it doesn't matter. It's not like anything in there, you know, matters. Yeah. Let's see. Turtles are searching for missing mutagen, which works really well after that first episode. Uh, they find squirrels uh, that replicate inside of a host's body. Uh, they transform into xenomorph-looking squirrelinoids. Uh, let's see. The turtles trap them in a septic tank. This is very much in, uh, influenced by Alien. Of course. Th- those are those are my official notes. Um, not much. Not, not many notes. But this is one of the episodes where the writer's love for horror movies is very visible. And we saw some last season. We're going to see many in the future. Uh, I liked this one. Yeah. Because of that. Uh, It is really weird. It's, it's, it's weird that horror works so well with Ninja Turtles, because prior to this season or prior to this show, they never really did much of it. Right. Uh, what, 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 what things did you notice in the Scorlinoids episode? We've got a lot, you know, like I said, you know, the, the horror influence, uh, in here is just amazing. Like you see Mikey's reading, uh, Tales from the Cosmos, which mm-hmm. is obviously a Tales from the Crypt nod or some type of, you know, um, pulp, you know, horror comic. Yeah. Um, and, um, then you kind of throughout the layer, we actually get to see what Mikey's room looks like, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And if you look really carefully in his room, you see a Muckman poster. Oh, that's cool. On the wall. Um, He's got action figures on a shelf, uh, you know, a lot of inspired, you know, like super robots and, you know, all kinds of other, you know, uh, tokusatsu type or Power Rangers and, you know, stuff like that for you people in America that, you know, Mm -hmm. are more familiar with that term. Um Let's see. And like you said, we've got, you know, heavy alien influence. You know, Mikey saying, game over, man. Game over. <laughs> um, oh, Metalhead got decapitated. In this episode? Yeah, the squirrels killed him. They, they After they had gone and mutated into their next form, which is more like the xenomorph, they, yeah. uh, they were like, let's just... We don't want to go out there. Let's send Metalhead. It'll be fine. Nope. <laughs> Killed him. Well, you can't kill something that's not alive, Jeff. Yeah. 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 No, he's alive. Later. No, he's not. Later. Later. But, you know, still kill him. Cut his head off. Okay. Um, oh, sewer workers eating popcorn. <laughs> oh yeah yeah this is this is fine just you know just, Ooh, it's kind of chewy yeah and then all of a sudden he gets taken by the the squirrel yeah yeah See, uh, that, and, was, and that's how the episode ends is with the reveal that squirrel squirrel aren't gone yeah like this was a really freaky episode and it was it was a lot of fun but like you said horror does play um 
a, a pretty integral part in this in this season. Um, but it it just it lends itself extremely well to turtle stories. Yeah, yeah. It, this is this is an example of one of those episodes where they just did their they allowed the turtles to do something that was outside of traditional cr- turtles versus Krang or turtles versus Shredder storyline. And for some reason, I always enjoy those. Yeah, because it doesn't get stale. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of really good brother moments when they do that kind of stuff. Uh, oh, the action God. typically seems genuine. Yeah. Uh, rather than forced or, or or like shoehorned into an episode. So I I I, I dig the scroll and episode. Yeah. Like a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Probably the best part is like. What have you done? And it was like, oh, oh, hey, Master Splinter, uh, we 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 brought we we brought a bum home, basically. <laughs> yeah. Because the squirrel, and this was this was this was a pretty gutsy episode. Because the squirrel, you literally see him jump through the guy's jump into the guy's mouth, and just go basically sleep in their stomach. I was like, that's disgusting. Yes. So there's like, there's a few things in this in this half of the season that are very very disturbing. And I can't believe they got away with it. You know, it's like, just that creative freedom to let them kind of run with stuff, I think, was 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 really nice. Yeah. Yeah. We've totally forgot that Mikey let slip that they were the ones that spilled the mutagen transforming her dad. Oh, that's dad. right. And yeah. she's pissed. Yeah, she she's she's justifiably upset. Yes. And she has decided not to uh, hang out with the turtles anymore. It it kind of feels like a little callback to the uh, the Mirage uh, issue where she just like you know I was with the city at war. She, mm-hmm. She's like I'm gonna I'm gonna go do my thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it maybe a tad, just a like, little bit, you know, a little bit. Take a little break. Which so. which yeah, which which is a driving force for a story in the next in the next few episodes. So yeah. Okay, well, let's move on to episode three or two. Uh, follow the leader. Uh, this one, I'm going to go through my, my notes real quick, see, see if I can kind of describe what happened. Uh, turtles are still searching uh, for mutagen, and they run into Karai. Um, Leo has trouble leading uh, and training. Uh, foot soldiers are robots now. Uh, Shredder leaves on a business trip. So leaving Karai in charge, uh, Karai ambushes the turtles and kidnaps Leo. Foot soldiers are like Taskmaster in that they learn how the turtles fight uh, as they're fighting them, and they adapt and make it almost impossible for them to be beaten. Let's see, Leo is rescued and leads well, which is the whole point of the whole follow uh, the leader name. Uh, he beats Karai and tells her to leave his family alone. Uh, then there's the reveal at the end that Karai is dun 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 Splinter's daughter. Yep. So so this this one is another episode full of really good brother moments because it's about Leo learning how to his brothers in battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can't just be himself. He has to figure out how to lead all of these unique personalities that don't always me- don't always mesh well unless you put them in in, in the right situations and lead them properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
I feel like they've done this in several other versions of the Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. And they typically get it right. I feel like they got it right in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, the introduction of the in- introduction introduction of footbots uh, seems a bit easy, like a, a, a little on the nose. Mm-hmm. But at least it makes sense. Yeah, because it's it's because of the Krang. Yeah, like the Krang have. is working with the Shredder now. Fine, I get, I guess. Like the, the Krang does not even have robots. Like they have they like have, they have mech suits. Yeah. So whatever. Now, what are your thoughts? And like, what did I miss in Follow the Leader? At one point, Mikey says, "Go ninja, go ninja, go." That's true. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. We discover that Raphael has a secret hidden talent. He's a pigeon whisperer. <laughs> this was probably my most favorite moment in the entire episode. Because it's like, oh, you need to, how are we going to infiltrate this place? There's cameras. I'm like, pigeons! They're coming back! Didn't they already do the pigeon thing from uh, from Mirage? They did that already. Yeah, but they just keep doing it, which is great. <laughs> I think I think it was Raphael that said, your scanner is about as useless as a trench coat on a turtle, which I thought was great. That's funny. Uh, okay, all right. That's about, that's about it for that. Yeah, that, like that, was a, that was a good world-building episode. Yeah. Let's move on to number four, which this should be four across the board. Uh, Mutagen Man Unleashed. Mutagen Man. Uh, oh, I'm gonna switch. We turn the page. <laughs> My first note here is Super Robo Mecha Force Five. That's my first note as well. Yeah. So just like we had, what was it, Space Heroes in season one? Yeah. Uh, that they that they periodically watched, uh, just like an old t- cartoon show. In uh, this season, the show that they watch periodically is Super Robo Mecha Force 5, which is obviously a Voltron parody. A Voltron, uh, another series called Voltus V, a little bit of Mazinger Z, um, and some a smattering of Hyper Team, Super Robot Monkey Team Hyper Force Go, which was also one of Ciro's uh, other series that he did, um, starring um, Craig Sipes. As the uh, main hero. Oh. Yeah. Okay, and you're, that's cool. And it was a pretty fun show. Also on Disney Plus right now, if anyone wants to watch it. Okay, which I all right. do recommend. Um, let's see, my other notes are Mutagen Man is eating more and more Mutagen uh, as he is, you know, kind of trapped in the turtle's lair because he's just an amorphous person in a big uh tank with that's basically just uh what is it internal organs floating around in a tank pretty much which is what he was as an action figure so it makes sense yeah uh april meets casey meaning this is casey jones's debut yeah uh donnie gets jealous of the attention that casey is getting uh even though Donnie's not supposed to even be around April because April is not hanging with them anymore. Mm-hmm. 
Splinter teaches Donnie to, or tries to teach him to enjoy falling down, which was a fantastic lesson. Yeah. No. Okay. So, 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 yeah. The the lesson he's he's trying to impart is to, you can't make someone like something. So he just keeps knocking Donatello down until Donatello realizes he can't enjoy falling down. And yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, it just worked really well on me because I was like, oh, is, what's he actually going to teach him? Like, oh, yeah. oh, it's not teaching him anything. It's it's a completely different lesson. Yeah. Uh, Mutagen Man is, becomes jealous of Donnie. A Mutagen Man goes after April and Casey and April fight Mutagen Man. Uh, they escape. The turtles end up beating him with stealth, which was one, one of the lessons that uh, they were trying to learn at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. And that does it for, for my notes. I, as as we already know, Mutagen Man is the pulverizer. Yeah. Accidentally mutated into this 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 thing. How did this episode end? Donnie was trying to find. He was trying to experiment on the the Mutagen to find a way to, you know, make a retro Mutagen. And in the process, a combination of chemicals he combined with the mutagen froze it and it exploded. So he used that against mutagen man, uh, as a, um, I'll say like a MacGuffin. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but, but so is it, mutagen man dead now? Like, no, he's frozen. He's frozen. That's what yeah, that, so he okay, drank, that was my question. He, All right. Yeah. He tricked him into drinking the, you know, the tampered with mutagen and it froze him solid. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I um, I, I have I have an opinion, and I don't I don't know if if it's going to be a popular one. I it, now that I think about it, no, it'll probably be a popular one. I don't know if I like this being Casey Jones's debut. Yeah, like I I understand why they did what they did with the character. I understand why he's in high school. I understand why he's you know hanging out with April. And and his in is kind of through April, mm-hmm. but I don't like that we meet Casey before the iconic Raphael Casey scene. Yeah, it it kind of neuters the Casey Jones character mm-hmm. because we'll we'll get to it later. But Casey is reintroduced as kind of a pseudo vigilante. Mm-hmm. And it's not like they don't earn that at all. Yeah. It's just kind of, hey, he's a hockey player and he's he's kind of a a knucklehead. But yeah, street street tough. Is, is he? They oh, don't so. even establish that. He's not. He's just really. a good hockey player. Yeah. You know who needs tutoring in in this 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 mutagen man episode, and I I feel like. There was no need for him to be in that episode at all. I'll give you that. Yeah. You know, uh, we'll talk more about Casey a little later, but th- yeah, this is his debut and it's, it's a fine episode. It's, I wouldn't say it's a or anything. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I mean, I'll, I'll, I can agree with that. Um, definitely. We have some interesting, interesting nuggets. Okay. Um, throughout this. Uh, so, Timothy can't talk in the current form that he's in, so Donatello gives him 
attaches a um a speaker a voice box yeah a voice box um that voice box just happens to be a layered brand superb sound uh, yeah that's cool uh notice that like right when i paused it to go get a drink i was like oh hey sweet found a nugget um, during the chase sequence, uh, when Mutagen Man is chasing after Casey in April um, on Casey's bike, uh, the passing stores, uh, some of the storefronts, you see what – at first I was like, is that Fugitoid Electronics? I'm like, no, it doesn't spell that. It's kind of hard to see, but it says Fugitoid Electronics, <laughs> which we all know is you know a nod to Fugitoid. Yeah. Um, there is the, the pizzeria. I actually discovered this, uh, the other day. Antonio's Pizzerama, um, is based off, uh, Ciro's, uh, dad owning a real pizzeria. So he worked at a pizzeria, um, growing up. That's cool. And so his dad is actually in the show as Antonio. Oh, Okay. So he's his face is all on the pizza boxes, everything. Um, so I would think maybe it would be a safe bet to say that Ciro's the delivery kid, maybe kind of. Maybe, maybe. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. It also made me want delicious pepperoni pizza. What is your opinion on the episode, though? I enjoyed it. It. I do feel that Casey's entrance in this episode was was very kind of unnecessary. We should have been introduced to him in a in 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 a different way. Yeah. yeah. Which is so odd because later we get introduced to him again. Yeah. So whatever. Yeah. You got anything else? I mean, we covered the biggest nugget at the very beginning, the Super Robo Mecha Force Five, uh, which was which was great. They were like <laughs> apprehensive about watching it. I'm like, no, this is dumb. And then the next thing you see is they're all gathered around watching it and loving it. Yep. All right. Well, let's let's move on to one of my personal favorites. Oh. Uh. Episode five. Mikey gets shellacne. Um. So, <laughs> Mikey was messing around with some mutagen in Don's lab, and gets basically acne all over his body, including in his mouth, on his shell, on his head. He has these giant, giant zits. Uh, the turtles need to find a centrifuge uh, to cure Mikey's acne. Uh, April is looking to hire... Not April. What? Karai is looking to hire Baxter Stockman, Bixter Stinkman. Dirkster Speckman. <laughs> Uh, to maintain the, the, the army of footbots that they now have. While his brothers are arguing, Mikey sneaks away and finds ba- uh, finds bad guys and fights them alone. Dog Pound gets double mutated into Razar. So much stuff happens in this episode. There's a lot. And all of it is on the, the backdrop of we can't pop these like this acne that's on Mikey's body because when we pop it, he will pop like... A bubble. He will explode. He will explode. Um, ultimately, they do get the centrifuge. You mean the centrifuge? The centrifuge, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and they cure him of his shellacne. Uh, but 
there, there's actually some 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 story stuff that comes out of this. Like we now have Razar. Yeah. Uh, and Baxter Stockman is back, and he's working with the Foot. Not because he wants to, but because he has. Is this the one where they put the 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 the, um, the collar around his neck? Yeah. This like yeah. got mutagen canist like little uh, vials all around it. Yeah, yeah. So this episode's hilarious. It really is. Like oh, it is, it is, it is a showcase for just Mikey's personality. Don't you mean a shell case? A shell case. <laughs> what do you, what do you think about Mikey gets shell acne? I felt so sorry for Mikey. You know, um, but this is where the comedy just really kind of shines. We had some some great moments. We had the turtles trying to make breakfast. We learned that Mikey's normally the one that makes breakfast. Raph does a lot of quality teasing for Mikey, calling him like uh, <laughs> Godzilla, King of the Puss Monsters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which I thought was great. Um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there for just half a second. Okay. So I understand what they were trying to do with with Raphael, uh, you know, ribbing Michelangelo for his for his uh, acne, you know, because that's what brothers do. They fight. They they bicker. They they do they do dumb stuff like that. They tease each other. They tease each other. But it really and I, I don't want to sound like some sort of woke, you know, so social justice warrior here, but that sounds like bullying. Well, like it's just Raphael bullying a kid with acne is what it is. I don't look at it like that. I I, I just look at it as, you know, brothers picking on each other. I know. I know. But you're yeah. not the target audience. The well, target audience yeah. is children. Well, yeah. You know, you're, you're teaching a child, hey, it's OK to make fun of dudes with acne. Uh, see, I didn't really necessarily walk away with that. And I I don't know I don't like I have three kids so I guess I watch these with a different through a different prism, right? But I get what they were trying to do and it was regardless it was funny. It, it's just if this is a kid show what is what is that t- what is that telling kids? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go on. You were you okay. were making a point. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we we discover Mikey has a a a rather sizable bucket list, but. Probably the greatest um, and most desired thing that Michelangelo wants to do is discover a mummy's tomb and form a hip hop group with a mummy <laughs> in outer space in a gold spaceship. Why not, man? And of course, we get you know our first appearance of Razar. Yeah, yeah. It's so weird that they double mutated Bradford like so early in season two, like <laughs> two seasons later, he's, you know, he's what you got to sell those toys. That's true. They did make a, a, a Razar and a dog pound action figure. So it makes sense. Did we get a Bradford action figure? I don't think so. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And I, and I guess I like I like that better than introducing new actual characters mm-hmm. you know later in the season when when shredder finally sees bradford he's like you look terrible bradford 
Yeah. Which was <laughs> really funny to me. <laughs> yeah. I've been gone a while. What happened to you, man? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I really really liked this episode. I don't I don't have any like specific things to 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 really critique about it. One of the things that I thought was really well done was how from shot to shot in at the end of the episode when Mikey's tur- shell acne was getting worse, like by the second. Yeah. It was really cool seeing like they, they would show Mikey and then they'd cut away and then they'd cut back and he'd have a whole nother set of bumps on his eyelids. Oh, that was so gross. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was just really well, well executed. So uh, that does it for Mikey gets shell acne. Yeah. Next up, we have Target April O'Neil. Uh, and this one has more April in it, which, uh, how long was she out of, out of their lives? What was like set? This is this the last episode where she was, let's see, uh, Karai and Krang target April, uh, with a new robot. The Krangs still want April and they don't really say why until I believe this episode, April and Casey are at a, a, an ice rink because of course hockey and the foot attack uh, and obviously the foot the foot soldiers were not prepared for it being an ice hockey ring. <laughs> this is great because the foot on ice were really really funny. They really were. Uh, let's see. Donnie saves April, and then the new robot shows up, and it's basically just a turtle Terminator. Basically. Uh, and and we find out later, of course, uh, Michelangelo names it uh, Chrome Dome. Yeah. Which is a great callback to the original cartoon, uh, and the, the the Turtle Terminator, or I'm sorry, Chrome Dome. That like that was a cool. That's that's a cool episode again with the horror. Not yeah. necessarily horror, more. Sus- Do you consider the first Terminator movie a horror movie? Mm, not really. It's more of his like suspense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the, this this episode kind of it, it it very much directly mirrors that. Yeah. Uh, April and Karai fight. Uh, Karai orders the Turtle Terminator to kill April, and he doesn't because he was programmed by the Krang, who need April for their plans. So he has like he's hard coded in. He can't kill April, which is cool. Yeah, so this real uh, attention to detail in the writing. Mikey wants plasma chucks, uh, and an April and Casey romance is hinted at in this episode. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. We still don't know why April is being targeted, do we? Not yet. No. Not yet. No. All right. Target April O'Neil. What are your thoughts? Um. Well, of course, you know, at this point, you know, she's still not talking to the turtles. Um, right. We uh, we get more super robot Mecha Force 5, of course. <laughs> uh, the Futua toyed is on the ice rink wall. Uh, you know, electronics. Um, Troma Town, which is 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 somewhere when when April's hanging around with Casey in, in the in the ice rink, I think that's where it was, um, mm-hmm. was obviously a nod to Troma Entertainment, 
who did um, you know, a lot of really weird uh, horror movies. Again, more horror connections. Yeah. Um, we learned that Michelangelo is very gifted at shadow puppetry. Yes, that's a that's a great great scene. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read it verbatim because I wrote the whole thing down. <laughs> let's see if I can get this in one take. Um, let's see. Krang, creatures known as rabbits have infiltrated Krang's lab. No, Krang. Clearly, a small but obese pachyderm has breached Krang's security. <laughs> Krang are both wrong. It is a belly dancer wearing what is known as a flamenco dress. <laughs> <laughs> it's just pure gold. Like, uh, dude, <laughs> the Krang are so stupid and funny, man. Yeah. It, there, there's, there's, there's not much else to say. Just... How do you build a, an entire race of beings that talk like that and like refer to each other as the exact same? Like it's it's so bonkers that it works perfectly. Yeah. Another solid episode, man. Yeah. Uh, I did not see Chrome Dome coming. Yeah. Um. That was that was just really cool. That was probably one of my favorite uh, fights. I don't does he he doesn't show back up, does he? I don't think so. No. Cause he I think he's destroyed by the at the end of this this episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah, I again this this half season is really solid. Just yeah. really, really solid. Uh um April does end up forgiving uh the turtles and realizes some stuff is just out of their control because Crumb Dome's coming after April. Yeah. And she needs she needs their help. So April's back and <laughs> gives Donatello a kiss on the cheek and he goes into orbit. <laughs> yeah, of course. They they do lean very heavily into the whole re- Don has a crush on April thing this this, this season. Yeah. Okay, all right. So, slash, episode seven, uh, slash and destroy. Um, Raf is tired of working as a team, uh, of course, like usual. Uh, and this is after a, a lab accident uh, that Donnie has. He, so he confiscates Donnie's mutagen uh, so he can take it to his room and watch over it, and somehow accidentally mutates his pet turtle Spike into a giant snapping turtle who we find out is slash. Uh, he's a spike is sentient now in, well, he's always sentient, but you know, he's now, he can now talk. He now has, you know, fighting skills. He has opinions and, and he straight up changes his own name to slash. Cause he never liked the name spike. Uh, would you like to tell us who slash is a voice by Mr. Mr. Voice actor guy? Indeed, I shall. He is voiced by Corey Feldman. Uh, who and why is the, that significant? Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad, so glad you asked. Uh, he was the original voice of Donatello in the first and uh, third uh, live-action Turtles movie. That is correct. Uh, I've never really thought he did an amazing job, but you know what? I like him as Slash. Yeah, it's pretty good. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, we find out pretty quickly that Slash wants to become a basically a vigilante superhero team with Raphael. And he wants to do that by killing the other three turtles. Oof, which is just, just dark. Very dark. And he beats the crap out of them, too. Oh, he does. Yeah, Slash is a formidable opponent. Yeah. Uh, the, the, there's one other thing in this episode that I really wanted to, to, to mention, and then I want to talk about like the theme of the episode. Uh, tea time with Leo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't even know how he gets into the situation. Oh no, he's he, Leo ends up tr- being the only one tracking the the, mu- the mutagen, and it ends up in a little girl's bedroom being used as the tea in a tea party. Yeah, because some some guy on the street found the mutagen canister, thought, oh hey, that's a lamp. Yeah, and he's selling it on this his his you know his on the street mm-hmm. and this little girl's like, Ooh, that's pretty. And it's like, Oh, Oh no. <laughs> Dude. Not going to end I, well. I, I love the slash part of this episode, but I absolutely adore the B plot. That was, that was pretty great. Tea time yeah. with Leo. Yeah. It's, like <laughs> Leo sitting at that table across from the little girl having tea time. Like it's so adorable. Now, as as for the the slash part, the, the uh, there's one like timeless iconic story that kind of came to mind mm-hmm. when when I was watching it, and that is a Christmas story. You know, the, that's the, that's the story where Eb, Eb, a Christmas story? No, a Christmas Carol, a Christmas Carol. That's a sto- like that's the story where Ebenezer Scrooge is is visited by you know the the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. I felt like the Slash character was providing Raph with like a ghost of turtle future. Mm-hmm. Like this is what we could be if you don't like if you stay on this path of anger and 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 resentment to working in a team in a team. Mm-hmm. And Raph does not like what he sees in that future. That's a good that's a good parallel. Yeah, and and you know of course turtles win in the end they always do but. That, that that came to mind middle of the episode. What'd you what'd you think of Slash and Destroy? I enjoyed this one. Um it kind of felt like I want to say it felt a little rushed. Really? Yeah. Like it was like, oh I'm mutated. I know I know how to fight and all this other stuff now, but he said, you know, he's been watching them. So that makes up for that. So for him to mimic <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, because that's canon. Yeah. Um <laughs> looking at you, Splinter. Yeah. Um overall, no, it's 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 a fun episode. Um and he's you really get a sense unlike in the eighties cartoon where he was just stupid. Um, you know, he is he is a, a very formidable foe. He's very powerful. Bigger than any of the turtles. Yeah, he's like a tank. Yeah, you know, it's like two tanks. Yeah. Um, and um, his coloring is more kind of on point with the uh the original action figure from the eighties. Yeah. yeah. Um, can I can can I say this? Yeah. 
I do not like his character design whatsoever. I, I'm not too on point with it. I don't like Tank Slash. Like, he was a tank in IDW. He's a tank in this. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm much more of a fan of the, the Archie, like, kind of off his rocker Slash, but yeah. still a reasonable size. Yeah, well, the Archie one looked more like the action figure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, th- that that Slash is, like, my approved Slash. All these other big ones, like, this one is just over, over-designed. He looks like a Gears of War character. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. But you got anything else for Slash and Destroy? Uh, oh, in the very beginning, we get Mikey is playing an arcade. Uh, they're finally playing the arcade cabinet uh, called Atomic Robo X, which is a callback to Super Robot Monkey Team Hyper Force Go. The villain that he faces at the end of, was it level 83, was Skullra X or whatever, which is a nod to the main villain. Um in Hyperforce Go. Mm-hmm. And also kind of, I kind of get that feel of it being connected to uh, the 1983 Williams and Williams electronics game, Sinistar, um, which kind of had a creepy head guy. Okay. Um, probably one of the biggest nuggets that I noticed uh, was when we're in, we get to see Raphael's room. Um, he's got movie posters all over the place, and there's a movie poster that's got a ninja on it, and it says Vengeful, Vengeful Ninja, which is actually uh, a slightly altered uh, version of the movie poster from a film called Revenge of the Ninja from 1983 starring Sho Kasugi, uh, which is like the quintessential ninja guy from the 80s. Like, you name it, he was in so many of those freaking movies. Which cool. I thought was pretty great because I love that film. Oh, and Turtles Without Masks. They look so weird. They man. do, man. Freak me out a little bit. This is I think that's the first time we've seen them without their masks on in this in this series. Well, let's move on to our next episode, which uh depending on how you're watching these, uh could be one of two different episodes. Uh, we're going to go with the, again, air date. Uh, the next one would be The Good, The Bad, and Casey Jones. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is technically episode 209, but it aired 8th. So we're going to talk about that one next. Uh, and and this one is the classic TMNT meet Casey Jones story. Uh, it's Casey versus Raph. Uh, Raph gets angry, leaves the lair, uh, or is basically almost forced out of the lair after he loses his temper during a, you know, during a fight. Uh, and he, yeah, yeah. He intervenes with, with Casey trying to be his you know vigilante self, which makes less sense as a teenager. Yeah. Um, I don't like it. <laughs> if you like an adult, it makes sense. You know, someone who's, who's been beaten down by years and years of violence in the neighborhood. But this dude is literally a high school hockey player. He just, it just, it's just, it's unearned. Yeah. Like the only motivation is like, Hey, I got attacked by this, you know, mutagen freak guy. And, um, I need to like fight whatever's out there to protect the neighborhood. Yeah. Instead of giving him some, you know, the semi, you know, tragic backstory. Um, yeah. The most vigilantes have. Yeah, he's just a bored teenager. Yeah. Mm. 
Uh, we meet Irma. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Casey ends up following Raph to, to the lair. Uh, the foot then follow Casey, uh, which he, here is probably the most egregious of all of the episodes in like shoehorning the foot into it. Yeah. Like the foot should not be in this episode, but because it's a TV show for children that airs weekly that has a formula, there has to be a certain amount of fighting in every episode. There needs to be action, 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 action. And when there's foot bots, there's action. Oh yeah. Slice and dice. Yeah. So, Let's see, my notes here are, so we're supposed to believe that the foot don't have trackers and GPS, etc.? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we see Casey's origin, which is what this is. Uh, he mentions that he has a father and a sister, mm-hmm. which I don't think that's ever been established in any other continuity. Yeah. Uh, my last note is face paint and a mask? Yeah, like it's pretty funny. I don't. I, it's it's just it's 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 messy. It's messy. It's, it's like fine. It's, like it's, it's fine, fine for the story they're telling. It's just messy. Yeah, like if his his mask is taken off or knocked off or whatever, then you still can't tell who he is. Because you kind of can't. Yeah, yeah, you're right there. Um, he looked like a like a like a bad uh uh, uh kiss cosplayer. Yeah, yeah. Like, just... The the face paint's too much. I really like the design of his mask. I yeah. like the I, I like the fact that he's missing teeth. Uh, like, there's a lot to like about this Casey Jones. Yeah, he's really tough. He's tough. He's snarky. He's fun. Like, Casey's cool. But there's just, just little nitpicks. I'm just like, why? Why that? Of all yeah. things. Like, why does Casey have gadgets? Goonies? Maybe he like, was a goonie? Kate Casey is a meathead. Like they're he they're even portraying him as a meathead. He's he's not like some scientific like let me create this shocking thingy. No, he's a he's a dummy. Yeah. But he has gadgets, which that that I don't know. I don't know. Again, there there's a lot to like about him. It's just weird. There's weird choices that were made. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the good, the bad, and Casey Jones? Well, I enjoyed this episode, uh, you know, especially after seeing Casey in 2K3 just get horribly watered down as episodes went on, and they just made him dumber and dumber and just goofy. And so seeing him fight was really great. Um, like fighting, you know, fighting purple dragons for the first time against, you know, they were, you know, mugging a guy. Um, than him fighting Raph, um, I I really enjoyed. Um, yeah. And if you uh um if you take a notice at Casey's stick, it is a Eastman uh, branded uh, hockey stick. Yeah. 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 Um, probably the biggest thing for me in this episode, um, is when um, Mikey is sitting on the couch with Donatello. And he asks him, are you ready for some awesome, incredible Super Sentai action? Like, wait, what? (laughs) So for those of you who don't know, Super Sentai is what Saban 
took in chunks from Japan to adapt into Power Rangers. So hearing him actually mention that was really freaking cool. So you can tell the creators are all kind of fans of all that stuff. That, that, that actually makes me like ask you a question. Okay. Um, is Super Sentai the name of the show or is it the name of a style of show or is it both? It is. So it's always like, like it's a series like Common Rider. And then they'll have like offshoots like Common Rider Black, Common Rider Black RX or, you know, Common Rider Build. You know, it's all different. It's all, you know, followed by, you know, an extra title. So you'll have uh, Digicentai Mega Ranger, which will be, you know, a different series name or whatever, but it's, it's, it's mainly the moniker to describe, you know, what this series is. Like you have Ultraman, Kamen Rider, Super Sentai, um, which are all the different genres of uh, what they call tokusatsu in Japan, which is like special effects. Okay. So what I'm hearing is it's not a show per se. Well, no, it's, it's like a, a show. It's, it's like it's a just... genre. Yes, yes, is genre very much. Okay, the reason I say that is because typically shows like the like Turtles aren't going to straight up name drop a property that they don't own. Right. Like you may get your occasional Batman here or oh, it's like Superman or something, you know, something like that. Yeah. But they, they straight up say Super Sentai makes me think that Super Sentai is the genre. It is. Yes. Okay. 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 Then that answers my question. Yeah. Cool. Um. Let's see. We found out that Casey is afraid of rats. That's true. He and is. he he freaks out when he sees Master Splinter. And then we get a great, you know, one of the foot soldiers is going to report back to Karai, the location of the Turtles Lair, and we get this fantastic chase. With Raphael and Casey working together, well, working against each other, then working together to uh, to stop him. Yeah, and it, it was pretty pretty awesome. No, it wasn't. I it was it was okay. Let me rephrase. It was well executed. It was sloppily shoehorned into the story. Yeah, it was fine. Like if if we are. If we've been led to believe that Donatello can slap a tracker on anything that he's f- seven feet away from, like, then for there not to be some sort of GPS tracker on every single footbot is ridiculous. Mm. For further not to be one is ridiculous. Yeah. Nah. It's just, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Yeah. But, yeah, whatever. It's a, it's a fine episode. It's not bad at all. Yeah. It just has its moments. Uh, right. Are we moving on to the next episode? Yes. Okay, this one is called The Krang Conspiracy. Uh, and it's technically episode 208, um, but it aired ninth in the season. Uh, and it is, let's see. Oh, I really liked this one. Yeah. FYI, uh, a journalist is investigating the Krang uh, X-Files style. Uh, his name is Kurtzman, which is a really good name for a journalist. Oh yeah, and he and he, oh man, when when he gets found by the by the Krang, he says, "They found me. I don't know how, but they found me." 
The Libyans! The Libyans! Yes, it's straight out of my favorite movie. Yeah. Back to the Future. I, when he said that, I laughed out loud. Like, I, I, I don't want to say I got goosebumps, but it was that, that feeling of, oh, oh, I get that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, let's see. They finally explain why April has these weird powers. Uh, and it's because she's part alien. Yeah, she has Krang DNA. It's Krang DNA inside of her. Um, also, April throughout the episode is having trouble ninjaing, <laughs> yeah. which which is adorable uh, and makes sense. That I I love that so much. Yeah. Uh, they we find out that TCRI has been rebuilt. Uh, there is a robot April, uh, and then April clones, and then April derp, and then April is part. Let's see, April is part Krang, and oh no, wait, she wasn't a robot. She was just a derp. She was just a clone that exploded. Then that's a robot, Jeff. No, it was a clone that exploded. Like a robot would imply she had like an you know all that robot stuff underneath, but she just exploded into goo they thought she was a robot but she wasn't okay all right all right i'll give it to you like th- this episode's awesome just because it finally makes april's silly like plot devicey makes sense yeah it gives us really silly mutant moments at the end of it like i don't like the name april derp at all i don't either it'd be really offensive but i really liked th- like the execution of the character of April Derp, so I'm fine with it. Yeah. Uh, I like that April is technically a mutant. That's actually in my notes here, that April is a mutant. Mm-hmm. And I really like Kurtzman. Like, a I lot. Do too. I do but that's because I really like the X-Files. Yeah. You know, and, and his character is directly out of, the, you know, that style, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do um, you think of the Crane Conspiracy? I really enjoyed this episode. Of course, any episode with the Krang is is going to be one of my favorites. Um, we get the turtles grappling hooks, mm-hmm. which look like old flintlock pistols for some reason. Yeah. Um, and of course, April's having trouble using that. Kurtzman is um, his full name, as we find out, is Jack J. Kurtzman, which is an obvious nod to Jack Kirby, as he. That's true. Looks a lot like Jack. Um, kind of, it's it's a play on his on uh, Jack Kirby's real name, which was Jacob Kurtzberg. Uh, that's about that's about all I've got. That was just a it was just a it was a fun, weird, like you said, an X file esque episode. Yeah, yeah, and and I've I've told you in the past that one of my favorite aspects of the ninja turtles is the sci-fi nature and this was straight up a sci-fi story start to finish yeah they're leaning pretty heavy on all that yeah so all right let's move on to the next episode which is episode 10 fungus humongous is that is that is that the one that's next yeah yeah This is another fun episode. I really enjoyed this one. I did too. Uh, A fungus under New York City uh, makes you see your biggest fear. April and Casey get infected. 
April and Casey get get infected. The turtles try to figure out why. Ultimately, the the the, the mushroom spore like creatures uh, infect the entire cast of the show. Pretty much, all four of the turtles, April and Casey, are seeing their fears. Which, of course, we know Raph is uh, cockroaches. Mikey is squirrelanoids. What was Donatello's fear? Um, being hated by April. That's right. That's right. Uh, April's was bats. April's was bats. Casey's was rat rats. And Leonardo's Leonardo was being uh, a terrible leader. And being a failure. And being a failure. Uh, we find out that the that mutagen is what is powering this this crazy fungi uh, under the city. Looks like freaking Mother Brain from Metroid. Doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty great. Uh, Leo ends up being the one to face his fear and defeats the spores with sunlight. Uh, Sunny D. Yeah. Yeah. Some of my notes here are the mushrooms. Very creepy. They are really creepy. With, Very with creepy mushrooms. Little, and there was a really tiny really, butts. What's that? With little tiny butts. <laughs> Yeah, like tiny Ren and Stimpy style butts. Yeah. Uh, th- there was also a really good shot of Michelangelo like jumping on mushrooms, like yeah. in Mario Brothers. Which I'm, I know I'm probably stealing one of your nuggets there, but you are sorry. Shame. Shame. Sorry. Uh, one of, one of my notes here is that this is a this one is very horror. Oh yeah. This this one leans very much into the the the. The unknown and the, the 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 being being afraid of things and leveraging that for horror is that that's a horror trope actually. So yeah, this was a really fun episode. It, it, it was really good seeing all of the characters interact each other, with each other while also being completely afraid of what's happening. Yeah, and I, I really liked it. What about you? I loved it. Um. The setting, the lighting, everything like for the mushrooms. Uh, I'm just calling fear fungi. Fear fungi is uh, not bad. I, right? Um, I love the neon. Anytime you see neon, of course, um, yeah. and stuff like this, you know, just the aesthetics all just extremely well done. And I'm going to just call it like, you know, fungi prime. Like that thing was so creepy. I didn't catch who did that voice. Um, but <laughs> man, that was oh, it was it, it was a lot of fun. I really I really enjoyed it. Oh, uh, probably the biggest nugget. Um, we we see the freaking uh not this not this one. Well, we see the construction worker finally running away. I was like, that was a chunk of episodes ago. What? Yeah. The construction worker in the beginning of the episode is, is like, there's just there's, there's crazy monsters down here. I'm like, you didn't get eaten? What are you talking about? So the the guy that's working uh, in the, the, the Squirrelanoid episode that eats the popcorn at the end of the episode. Uh-huh. He gets taken. And the beginning of this episode, when Casey and April go down into the sewer, not too long after that, you see him running away. Wow, that's the same guy? Yeah. And it's Nolan North doing the voice, too. 
Well, um, that's cool. Yeah, but the biggest, and I mean the biggest nugget in this one, is when they're watching um, Super Robo Mecha Force 5. Uh, Michelangelo mentioned, like, there in the episode, somebody takes over the robot, um, or the, the mecha, and uh, steps on the their the the leader and then you kind of look off screen and you hear i'm okay and then michelangelo's like i heard in the japanese version that he you know that he actually buys it which is a a nod back to voltron um because it like the one of the characters is in like six episodes then he disappears but in the japanese uh, version uh which is beast king go lion he dies like straight up dies oh wow yeah, <laughs> they're not messing around with their drama in uh you know the super robot stuff in Japan. Yeah, uh, so I feel like that's a nod to that. Um, they're like, no, Dante, like, no, that's a myth. This is that's a cartoon myth. Um, because they didn't have death, you know, on Saturday morning television. Television. Yeah. yeah, so you already got my Super Mikey, Super Mikey Brothers reference. You're welcome. Yeah, that's not a compliment. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's about that's about all the nuggets I've got. That was a pretty hefty one. Um. Yeah. I, I again, this so many good episodes in this in this season. Oh yeah. Uh, let's move on to the next episode, which I have as Metalhead Rewired. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure this this episode had is, is near and dear to your heart. It really is because of your love for the character of Metalhead. Yeah. It's literally your avatar in our logo. So yeah. Um, Donnie rewires Metalhead, and we find out that Spider Bites is alive and back. He needs help with the Krang, um, and so the turtles decide they're going to help him even though raf's like no he's spider bites no of course we're not going to do this Um, a jerk yeah donnie sends metalhead into battle and of course like always he loses control of them ultimately metalhead finds a gateway to another dimension or in wasn't it was it it wasn't dimension x because they could breathe so it was just kind of this this gateway to another dimension and in there uh, he finds a mutant, like a Krang mutant prison with several of the mutants that we've met so far in the series. Uh, let's see, who all was there? Uh, Slash was there. Uh, Snakeweed was there. Uh, who else? Um, April's dad. Yes, yes, yes. April's dad was there. Kirby. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of what else is there. There's just a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, and it, it it almost explains where all these characters have been that, you know, just kind of disappeared. Yeah. Um, the Krang kidnapped them to build an army. They're building a mutant army to, of course, to continue their invasion. With mind control. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Turtles, of course, engage. They all, they're all fighting, and, and uh, Metalhead... Reveals that he he wasn't out of control. He knew what he was doing. He's just sentient now and really can't c- communicate the same way humans do. So 
he's a good guy. Metalhead's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah, trying to save all these 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 mutants. Uh, well, ultimately, at the end of the episode, Metalhead sacrifices himself to save all of the uh, the mutants coming back to Earth. Drop, pour one out for your for for your boy Metalhead. Oh man, this we we got a a a T two thumbs up. Yep, yep. At the end, which was which was nice. But uh, you know, yeah, that one that was that was tough. Um, because he's so he's so fun in this episode. Like Donnie just loaded him up like they're doing training in the beginning. And he's like programming him with all these different types of fighting styles. But what's really the 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 best move in the entire episode is just Rocket Fist. He shoots his hand off, and it, it seems to find Michelangelo's face the most, and just fly him <laughs> yeah. around the room, and just squeeze his noggin. Um, and he's he's loaded up with stuff. He's got missile eyes. He's got lasers. He's got wings that pop out of his back. We find out uh, Michelangelo has a deep love for super macho burritos, which are in the vending machine, which is oh, their yeah. way yeah. Yeah. into where the crane disappeared to. Um, and there's a a porta potty is a is the dimensional gate because hey, it's like that's where I would hide one. I mean, but yeah, like seeing Metalhead just go just go crazy, just beating the crap out of the crane. Um, and of course that all the mutants are being mind controlled when Metalhead um hits the button to turn that off. You have to listen very carefully when the machine goes down. It's the engine's fail, the hyperdrive failing sound from the Millennium Falcon, or something similar. This was pretty fun. On the the porta potty door, like it's kind of a close up when they when they open it, it looks like freaking Bert from Sesame Street is drawn on the door. Okay. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I don't know. There's there's hidden graffiti and all kinds of crap all through the entire show. Um, <laughs> that was that was hilarious. Um, other than that, that's about all I've got. All right, all right. When Metalhead, oh, here's the other one. When Metalhead patched into the computer that was behind the um, uh, the vending machine, and mm-hmm. it, and it it. The electricity feeds back on him and it blows up. You hear the R two D two scream. What else you got for Metalhead Rewired? <laughs> I don't have anything else. Yeah, I'm good. All right, uh, let's keep it moving. Next up is of rats and men. Uh, this is a Rat King episode. Uh, the Rat yeah. King is in Splinter's mind again, uh, and. Oh man, Ice Cream Kitty's born! Yay! That's something we both both can get behind. Ice Cream Kitty. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Giant rats uh, and the Rat King are taking over the city. Casey, of course, does not like rats, so this does not play into his hand very well at all. Uh, but it is revealed that he has even more gadgets. Like Casey has too many gadgets. I'm sorry. I just have to say it out loud. Casey has too many gadgets. He gets kidnapped. Irma is in the same prison as him. 
Uh, Irma's almost as annoying as she is in the original cartoon. Mm-hmm. There's a big fight with rats. Turtles win. It's it's <laughs> my notes are very very uh, bleak on this episode. That's basically it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a perfectly fine Rad King episode, but I don't think there's much special about it other than the animation. Like the animation of all the rats is really impressive. Yeah, it feels like a combination of two uh, of the episodes from the '80s series. Um, the one where Rat King was trying to uh, turn the population into rat people, and then he used mutagen to create giant rats. Of course, that was in the the Red Sky series. Um, so that was kind of cool because I like both of those episodes. Okay. Um, these rats were far more menacing and destructive, of course, than in the uh, the uh, the Red Sky season. Yeah. Um, it felt kind of like just like tacked on, like if they had kind of maybe like led up to it, maybe like a uh, not necessarily like a two parter, but um, I don't know. It's like where has he been? You know, where's he? You know, what's he been doing? You know, I don't know. And I don't even think we need to know what he's been up to. And I don't think there's anything wrong with the episode. No, the episode's great. I um, just. I, there's nothing too special about it. Right. Yeah. Um, of course, we do get our first glimpse at Ice Cream Kitty. Uh, now, th- that's really the the thing we need to talk about. Ice Cream Kitty is, like, top five things to come out of this series of Turtles ever. Which is basically the frozen clunk. Or does clunk show up later? No, no. Clunk doesn't show up. Okay. I don't think. Uh... Yeah, he's basically frozen clunk. And the like his mutation is one of those moments where I'm just like how is this a children's TV show? It was so like I felt horrible. Yeah, like, like he 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 licks the, the the ice cream that has the mutagen in it and then he melts. Yeah. He just melts. How is this on a kids show? Again, you know, here's here's some money. Go make a turtles cartoon. No, I, I guess, know. I guess it's it's you crazy. But, yeah. but I, I guess the way they get away with it is reveal that it's an adorable pile of cat ice cream now. Yeah, Neapolitan. Yeah, yeah. And we're just ignoring the fact that this cat's life has changed permanently, and now it has to live in a refrigerator. Yeah. Or a or a cooler. Like it's so bizarre. And twisted and disturbing that I absolutely love it. Ice Cream Kitty is I'm a I wish we had like a life size action figure of Ice Cream Kitty. Do we do they not make a little minifigure or or any type? There's there's uh, there's like an Ice Cream Kitty mini figure, I believe, that was part of some other thing. Mm. But I don't think it it, I I don't think he got a. An official figure. I got you. Yeah, because the kids aren't clamoring for uh, Ice Cream Kitty. I I don't know. Oh, well, no, this says he got one. He got something. Where is this available, and how do I get my hands on it? <laughs> there is some sort of Ice Cream Kitty action figure available. J- shut the podcast down. I'm going shopping. <laughs> 
there was a three pack of like unreleased figures. Did that? Did those not never come out? I don't think so. Uh, bummer. Summer. Mm. Well, it's fine. It's fine. I'll probably will probably never come to come come to life. But I love Ice Cream Kitty. That's all I'm saying. What do you, what else do you have they to say t- about this this episode? They got a T-shirt. Oh, I'll take a T-shirt. Yeah. Just type in TMNT Ice Cream Kitty figure, and that's what pops up in like shopping. <laughs> There's multiple they, T-shirts. Nice. He did get a Mega Constructs figure, like with Mikey. Like I think Mikey I have that one actually. Kitchen Chaos. So I think I have that one. You know who voices Ice Cream Kitty? Is it Nolan North? <laughs> no, and it's not a cat. It's a uh, Kevin Eastman. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, he, they just brought him in and recorded like 30 minutes worth of cat noises, and they just used that for the whole series. So weird. <laughs> Let's move on to the next episode. I'm, I'm done talking about okay. the Rat King. You can get you an Ice Cream Kitty sticker. Um, on a park bench, there's what looks to be a nod to Daft Punk. Cool. Um, I like Daft Punk. Yeah, me too. Um, dude, I want an ice cream kitty tattoo. Yeah, you do. I want an ice cream. Oh man, that's that's on my list now. All right, let's keep let's let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. All right, it's on the docket. The Manhattan Project. Yes. That wasn't that the name of the third Nintendo game. It was, and it's also uh the name of a pretty great '80s movie. Cool, 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 cool. Now. These next two episodes are a two-parter, and they have a lot of details in them. Tons. I'm not going to go over the details, but just know the, the plot moves very quick. So here's here are my notes. Uh, let's see. Leo tries telling Karai the truth about her parentage, uh, and they're interrupted by an earthquake. Uh, Shredder returns with ty- re- re- returns from his vacation or his trip to Japan or wherever he was with Tiger Claw and assigns him as his new second in command. Tiger Claw is a tiger mutant looking thing that doesn't have a tail anymore. Clearly Splinter is the person who took his tail. Just like Splinter was the one who uh, damaged Shredder's face. Yeah. April and Casey uh, find a portal uh and they take it to the TMNT, and everyone jumps through the portal because they're hasty uh, teenagers who will live forever, right? Yeah. In the portal, there is a hallway that has other doors to other dimensions. Uh, yeah, one and, of the and you stop right there because that's a nugget. That's my nugget. No, it's not. That's not a nugget. That was. It's a nugget. No, it's not. It's way too big to be a nugget. Ah. Uh... Well, the the original TMNT can be spotted through one of those, like they're they're literally, it, like it's not hidden off in the background, like they're full screen. Hey, look at this! It's the original cartoon, and they even had music from the original show, not original music, close to original music. That's a different thing, yes. Uh, but also Casey and April were there. Yes. So the the one problem with this episode is. The tur- like two, one, two, uh, Mikey, Leo, and Raph 
get knocked into a portal by the the Krang, right? Mm-hmm. That portal just happens to be a portal back to Earth. Of all of the doors in that hallway, they get knocked back into the one they needed to go back into. Yeah. Okay. Which completely delegitimizes the whole idea of the portal hallway. Mm-hmm. I do like that it isolated Donatello, Casey, and April because that's like a love triangle thing, and it's it, you know it makes for good story. But it increasingly became obvious that the only reason they had the portal tunnel was so they could show the the the, the eighty seven cartoon. Yes. Tell tell me a, 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 a logical plot reason that it needed to be a portal tunnel. I really don't have one. Exactly. Some writer was like, hey man, what if we did this? And they were like, we could then bring in the original turtles. And that's exactly what they did, and it was cute. But it didn't make any sense. Uh, Leo... And team, like the the Leo team, is attacked by Tiger Claw. Uh, and I don't know if this is in this episode or the other, or in the second episode. No, it's not. It's in the second episode. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and Donatello and his team end up getting back to Earth through one of the, the portals. And they find out that Mutagen comes from the milk glands of worms under New York City. Ugh. Which is real gross. Real cool, and a creative way to explain it, but it's real gross. It reminds me of the Futurama episode where you find out where Slurm, Slurm. comes from. Yes. And you still drink it anyway. <laughs> yep. It's delicious, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go through the next episode, too, because it, it is a two-parter. Okay. We'll just Karai and, nuggets for the end. Yes. Karai and Tiger Claw capture Splinter. Uh... Casey got eaten by the big war, uh, mutagen worm. Crefatragon. The is that how you say it again? So, Crefatragon. I guess that's Crefatragon. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's such a it's so good. It's so good. It it reminds me of Tremors. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. April and Don meet up with Kurtzman, who knows all about the the worms already. He's back. Okay, Splinter, who was supposed to be uh, executed by the Shredder, is spared because both Tiger Claw and Karai question his honorableness. Uh, which, you know how I feel about all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Leo sneaks into Shredder's lair and is immediately captured. Uh, Don and April use salt to save Casey, which was <laughs> dumb. Uh, the turtles free Splinter. Donnie and April and Donnie, April, Casey fight the Krang. April and Casey ride a worm. Tiger Claw is eaten by a worm and sent to Dimension X. The turtles get away, and the worm ends up in the original 87 TV show. Yep. That's that's the highest level uh, walkthrough I can give you. So much happens in these two episodes, man. And... It could have been pared down so, so much if they just didn't go to dimension. Like, it's it seems silly. There, there's there's still hundreds of worms under the city, so I don't I feel like they didn't actually fix anything, right? Yeah. 
What, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? It, it was. Let me rephrase that. This was clearly a sweeps week episode. Yeah, yeah. Clearly. What are your thoughts? I enjoyed it. Uh, there's a lot of really just fun moments. Um, I really like Tiger Claw. Um, really? Yeah. Just well, it's it's um, he's he's voiced by Eric Bauza. Um, pretty pretty uh big uh voice actor in the community um does a lot of looney tunes stuff uh, just a whole bunch of whole bunch of uh voices and stuff um i don't know i've always had kind of like a fascination with tigers so i got his action figure it's still mint i didn't buy a lot of the 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 figures which i still kind of regret um but I do have his. Um, but no, I just I really I I like the character. You know, he's speaking Japanese to Splinter. Um, I like his arsenal. You know, he's he's not the best warrior though. You know, he's still a screw up. Um, he almost feels kind of like a Hun character, but a tiger. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I like all his gadgets, all his weaponry. Uh, you know, it's just it's a lot of fun. Um, one of my favorite moments is like, is like Sever is like, can I offer you a beverage? And he's like, milk. Low no, fat. that was, the, that's the only thing about Tiger Claw I liked at all. Yeah. Was how he drank the milk out of the cup. Just like a freaking cat. Just yeah. like, and you kind of hear him purring a little bit, which was funny. <laughs> um, but no, I, I really like it. I really like him as a, as a new mutant. Um, uh, the thing is, is, is he a mutant? Because they don't specify at all. Oh, that's right. Like, they're just so... His introduction is so lazy. Like, usually they take their time and they're like, okay, here's the character. Oh, here's the tragedy that led to them becoming an animal. And, you know, here's their motivation. And his motivation is, hey, that rat boy cut my tail off. Do we not get a backstory later on? I think we might later. Okay. Well, let's, but, let's wait and see. Yeah, as of right now, it's just a really lazy introduction. And he, I, sure, he's he's cool, I guess. But at this point, do we need more bad guys? Do we need more? Yes, because we need to sell more toys so we can get more episodes. You're right. You're right. You're right. Again, kid yeah. show for, pop, pro, properly framing this. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But it's not like overly done like a lot of the the old shows, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, where it but like, was like blatant this, this, toy of the week. Yeah. Like this character, I always like, he's f- very prominently featured going forward, but give me six years without watching this show and I'll confuse him with the neutralizer. Oh, that guy's a tank. Like that. That's how, boring he is for me hmm. but that's just me like you clearly like him and that's great uh, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm glad someone likes tiger claw because it is not me yeah um yeah there's like you said there's a there's a lot going on although it is weird like you know it being called the manhattan project and i'm like there's no theft of manhattan uh there's no there's no bomb about to go off. Uh, you but know, there are earthquakes happening under Manhattan. Well, there are. That is true. Yeah. Um, and it was Kurtzman that gave it that name. So. 
Yeah, I can't I can't complain too much because we love Kurtzman. Yeah. Um. Uh. Let's see. Got any nuggets here? <laughs> in the first in the first part, Splinter uh gives advice uh to Leo. He who runs his mouth gets a face full of nunchaku. <laughs> which I thought was pretty freaking great. Um, Splinter was really good. Oh, he's just, this is my, again, I keep telling you, like, this is my favorite version of Splinter. Like he's, he's the best of all of them. Um, in the it, style, it, mm-hmm. at least in the, the multimedia version. Yeah. 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 Um, he, he, he can throw down, like he doesn't fight often, but when he does, oh, he reminds you very quickly that he is a he's he's a bad a like yeah 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 like like a master do yeah um what episode was it, it was yeah it was the it was it was this one where he fought Tiger Claw was really really good um and there was another one. Oh, when he fought the Rat King. Oh, that yeah. was nice. That yeah. was really, really cool. Um, trying to see if there's any. <laughs> when they're in, when they're in like the gateway with all the the um the the dimension portals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, there is a, a a Krang line that I like. Is like Krang is aware of the spies in that doorway where the Krang is not. <laughs> oh, probably one of the best moments in the uh, part one is like they're trying to, you know, Tiger Claw is trying to get Splinter to come out. So they're like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill Michelangelo. I'm gonna drop him into the furnace if you don't get your master here." And <laughs> it's it's a callback to the '66 Adam West Batman series where he had the emergency phone and then <laughs> oh like, the cheese phone. It's an emergency. <laughs> it's like you know, it's can, important. Can I find a cheese phone? I kind of want one. Um, that was really great. Um, there's a cheese phone case. Yeah. There's a cheeseburger phone. Oh, of course there is. There's also a Garfield phone, which you you know answer the phone out of his back. I do not see any. I there. A cheese phone may not exist. I'll well, find it. I'll find it. What else you got? Um, in, Casey, uh, K- Casey making the phone call from inside of the worm was really funny. That was great and disgusting. Yes. And then, of course, in the 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 second episode when they you know, the the worm is banished to what I'm. I think I don't know if they we find out yet, but the turtles, the eighties turtles dimension is dimension eighty seven maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, at the very end we get, you know, a kind of a half animated. It it, it wasn't animated as good as like the the beginning cameo that we got, but mm-hmm. you know it's better than nothing. Um. Rob Paulson, Townsend Coleman, Barry Gordon, and Cam Clark come back for for a brief moment yep. to reprise their roles as the original Turtles. It was cool. It was it, it was real cool. Uh, and 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 
if I remember correctly, that's not the f- the only time they do that in this series. But I like I don't want to spoil anything. You would be correct, and we will again address that much later on. Yeah, yeah. It uh, it was a stunt. Stunt. Yeah, like it's 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 clearly a, a, a stunt. Like there's no in in these episodes, there's no actual reason to do it. It doesn't yeah. further the plot. They don't. None of the characters actually interact with each other. It's a stunt. It's 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 just a flashy stunt that is supposed to get your attention, and it's like, oh, I gotta check that episode out. The, the, the original turtles are in it. That's it. That's all it is. For a hot minute. Yeah, for a hot minute. And it's effective. It's effective. I don't know if I like it, but it's effective. It's I like very, it. It's very pandering, but yeah, that's a different podcast. Jeff, that's the last episode. Wow, it's a lot. That was a lot. Yeah, 14 full episodes of The Nick Show. Here's where we usually talk about how we feel about the whole thing. We don't really have time. Like, we, this is a beefy baby. It's, it's a very beefy baby, and I think we've covered it all pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, overall, a, a, a great, great season. Lots of just amazing, just fun stuff. Great action. Great humor. Yeah, the series is really hitting its stride in yeah. season two. Uh, I, I, I I don't know if I like it better than season one. I, I don't know. I I could use more Krang. And I think there's more Krang in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. But as I said up front, like, the pacing is amazing. It's probably... Yeah. the This series has the best pacing of any Ninja Turtle series. Yes, I will give you that. Like, hands down. So, congrats to you. Yeah. Um, Jeff, we're not going to reveal what we're talking about next time. Oh. Yeah. It's a, pre- it's a, it's a present. It, 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 it's, it's, it's a surprise. Because yeah. it's episode 50. Wow. Yeah, episode 50. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a busy couple weeks because we we're gonna record episode fifty and then we're gonna come back and do a uh, our second annual Christmas episode. Ooh, yeah. So uh, I guess stay tuned for next time. Uh, Jeff, where can we find you? As always, Sergio, you can find me at the Warp Zone Arcade. Uh, we specialize in um, birthday parties, tournaments. Um, gaming is our passion. Um, we're, we're big retro fans. Um, Neo Geo, Nintendo, Sega Genesis, all that. Uh, we have a nice, just kind of a smattering of just tons of different games to enjoy, um, by the hour. Um, and, uh, we'd like to go for the unique and interesting, uh, titles and stuff that you probably, you know, have never played before. So, um, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, which I need to update. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know we're you know we're still shut down right now just because of the uh, because of the pandemic. Um, but um, you can please show us your support by following us on Facebook. Um, just the Warp Zone Arcade uh, at the end of Facebook. Look for the Circle Controller logo. Um, and um, yeah, thank you for your support. And uh, where can we find you, Sergio? Uh, you can find me on realitybreached.com. Uh, I'm going to point everyone in the, in the direction of debriefing and cocktails. Uh, that is our James Bond podcast. Uh, me and Reed just watched 
uh, Quantum of Solace. Is that the name of that movie? Yes. Uh, and we're recording the, a new episode about that movie tomorrow. So that'll be hitting the feed. You can find debriefing and cocktails on all major podcasting platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever random podcast player that you have on your Android. We're easy to find. Just just Google debriefing and cocktails. We should pop right up. And that's that's what we got. That's what we got for you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Tune in next time. I'm Krang. I am Krang. <laughs> and we're Shellheads. Don't miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast. Visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.